Cool. All right, here we are. This is the Gansfeld Files, episode three. I am your host, James Whalen, and today joining me is Aaron P.S. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on episode three. You know why? Because that's like the holy trinity. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Three is the number. Yeah. Third time's yeah. the charm. Yep. I'm going to be your lucky charm or maybe unlucky charm considering my history. Well, lucky or unlucky, you know, it's still going to be documented on the podcast. And that's what that's what we're looking for. We're looking <laughs> for the strange, the weird you know, I myself am strange and weird. <laughs> strange, <laughs> to paraphrase Beetlejuice, strange and strange and weird, Aaron. Is that what they called you in high school? Oh yeah, they call me uh, strange and weird, Aaron, uh, the lesbian, um, lesbian goth. Uh, yeah, dude. Let me kid. tell you what that, that, that ball chain necklace wasn't really doing me any favors <laughs> about the lesbian I <laughs> remarks. About that. Yeah. Yeah, I had like a short bleached blonde pixie haircut and I was on the softball and field hockey teams. Um, oh, yeah, you're just, you're making it easy for them. Well, yeah, I mean, like they thought I was a lesbian, but I had like a boyfriend. So I'm like, no, I'm not a lesbian. But like secretly on the down low, it was totally maybe kind of a lesbian in high school. But right. um, I will never, ever admit that to my parents because my parents thought I was gay for the longest time and I'm not going to give them that satisfaction of knowing yes I was fucking my girlfriends right yeah I mean, no it's... I think well yeah like back in the 90s you couldn't have two scoops of ice cream it's either like mm -mm. either you're gay or straight and it's like I don't think people accepted like bisexual back then no they you know? didn't because you know that's witchcraft <laughs> Were you into witchcraft? Oh God! Witchcraft. Oh, Wicca. Yes, I read. Yes, I yes, I read everything by what's her name, the Silver Fox or Arctic Fox or whatever the. Arctic Fox. There was a whole series of like Wicca books that I read, and I had my own little spell book, and I had my own little witch name, and then I fell out of favor of that and decided that I was going to be an atheist. But the older I get, the witchier I get, because um, how the fuck can you explain? What's going on in the world right now? No, I don't know. I think I think that it's a little bit of a. I think it's a mixture of a lot of different things. I think that witchcraft and there's some natural things going on, but and paranormal stuff, but also a mix of like science of like uh, simulation theory, mm -hmm. you know, some other shit, aliens, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think it's all just one big, one big thing. Yeah, and there's so much that yeah. we don't know about the universe that science has yet to explain. But I'm a pretty firm believer that it will. Or could be explained in right. scientific terms eventually we just haven't figured it out yet i mean this is the simulation right it's just a right. bunch of binary code in the background we just have to decode that shit right if you were to just tear down that wall over there they're probably just been like a bunch of ones and zeros past the drywall past the insulation yeah you know yeah well it's unfortunate that i failed computer science because i have no <laughs> idea what, what that would even mean yeah. <laughs> being like wait, wait uh Print hello world? Is this what this says? <laughs> Control escape. That's how you get out. God. Oh, yeah. see, that's what I've been saying. Like, I thought for the longest time that we were living in the simulation. I was like, oh my, and I'm going to figure out how to get out of it. And I'm like, it's not going to be suicide. That's too easy. And right. then my husband, he's like, Aaron, we're not in the simulation. You have to stop. And I'm like, you're keeping me in you're here. Keeping me here. Yeah. He's like an Agent Smith. <laughs> Oh, oh, he loved yeah. that era. He loved that era of oh, me sure being unmedicated. That was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you did uh, like Wiccan stuff in, in high school, did you have any like spells? Did you use uh, some sort of like totem or something that you would? 
kind of tie together with sticks or something? Uh, yeah, I was really big into like the power of ritual. Uh, and you no, know, there is actually a lot of scientific evidence to support the power of prayer, mm-hmm. which is just the same thing as the power of ritual in yeah, that. It's um, intention. It yeah. is. It is yeah. intention. And when you set intentions, intention. it, it can change the world around you. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of uh, spell casting in the, the vein of if I believe this to be true, it will be true. true and yeah. it actually helped with my self-confidence a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be kind of... Um, I mean, I've always been uh, kind of a dork. Uh, obviously, I was into Wicca in high school, but um, I once I started finding that power behind, I have agency and I can make things happen. Right. Things started happening in my life. Like I stopped being bullied. I started standing up for myself and uh, actually, like not to co-opt the campaign slogan, but it got better. <laughs> it did. Well, that's good. It kind of gives you like some uh, some agency. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. yeah, it really did. Um, I that's what you know. I, as I've gotten older and I've sort of abandoned that, uh, I'm starting to pick it back up again in terms of you know intention setting and mindfulness and meditation practices. Those are right. all the same thing about like grounding yourself and recognizing the world around you and noticing things bigger than yourself. Right. And accepting them, um, me, it's very hard to accept things. Radical acceptance is one thing that I really struggle with uh, because I'm kind of a control freak. Hence, <laughs> the uh, spell casting and rituals, and that I had to control my situation. But uh, it's it got better. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's mm-hmm. the uh, that's the. That's the answer then. Yeah. All the young girls listening to our podcast, you know, start doing witchcraft and Wicca. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Cast spells in front of people. It scares the shit out of them. You will never be bullied again. (laughs) Ever again. That actually worked for me. And uh, so I so I instead of became, you know, instead of being that like weirdo goth lesbian girl now is a scary weirdo goth lesbian girl that nobody wanted to fuck with yeah. uh and that's where i am today <laughs> a scary weirdo bisexual girl <laughs> speaking of paranormal I, uh you got a couple you got some stories for us i do bring to the table today yeah i have always been very sensitive to the paranormal and uh it comes from a long lineage of uh my family is very italian and mm-hmm. um you know italian catholics have their own set of rituals and uh we were from sicily and specifically and sicilians have a lot of very strange rituals surrounding uh magic and okay. the paranormal right what what uh, what kind of rituals um, are talking about? <clears throat> so there were you know things about how certain superstitions like if you find a spider in your house, don't kill it uh, because that'll bring bad luck on you. Oh, I see. Um, we w- my mom was saging the house as mm-hmm. you know a Methodist, and uh, we've been doing that forever and. Uh, she like trained me on how to notice small things like after people die, you know, it was my grandmother was going to be manifested as a red bird. And so mm-hmm. uh, 
after her death, I would see red birds. And then when my grandfather died, he told us he would be manifested as the bluebird. And we see the bluebirds and the red birds mm -hmm. together every once in a while when things are going down. Um, my cousin died earlier this year. And on the day that I found out that he had passed, a red bird and a bluebird perched themselves on my fence uh, and just looked at me and tweeted at me. Right. Um, and that's like the most benign of the paranormal instances, <laughs> obviously. So that's just like the simple stuff. Yeah, the yeah. simple stuff. There, there has been, uh, I could say the one that stands out the most for me happened in uh, 2011. So I was 25, 24. I think, yeah, I was about 24. And when you're 24 years old, you don't make the best decisions of course yeah. when it comes to relationships <laughs> uh or anything at all and yeah. um yeah. i was dating this guy and he was like a fuck boy before fuck boys existed mm. in the lexicon before we coined that term right yeah. yeah and we didn't know what to call him i just knew he's like he was super into david lynch and that was like his entire personality right right um cool beans guy i guess uh, yeah weird for the Hope sake of being weird okay. <laughs> no well he's dead now and that's oh, where the story's okay. going gotcha. um okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> he and i had been dating for uh, a little bit and on halloween i expressed my love for him mm -hmm. and his response was okay and that was awful and heartbreaking right. um you know, because that was the first time I'd ever told somebody that I loved them and meant it. And he just completely rebuffed me because he was just too cool. Right? <laughs> He's, too, He's cool. too cool for love. He's <laughs> too cool for love. He's very standoffish and okay. snobby. And um, he did not want to be with me because I really liked the movie White Chicks. Um <laughs> Dude, who can't love that movie? Well, when you're when you were like a twenty something cinephile and you only watch David Lynch and right. you know just Lost Highway and things like that, did he smoke clove? Was he a clove guy? No, he wasn't a clove guy. But for that Halloween, when I expressed my love, he did dress up as a Dennis Hopper from Blue Velvet. So I'm trying to tell him that I love him while he's got a nitrous mask on his face. Yeah. So uh, our breakup came shortly after that um shortly after that but he and i kind of maintained our distance in that um i obsessed over him and stalked him a little bit ah, uh, that's what you mean by distance yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. he was keeping his distance i wasn't keeping mine um <laughs> but no i was pretty respectful of it uh until one night where i was sitting around with my friends and I had that thought in my head. You know, I haven't seen him in a few weeks. I wonder what he's up to. I should call him. I should call him and, you know, see what's up. And, of course, my friends around me are like, girl, don't. Like, girl, you got to stop. He's a fuckboy. He's not going to, like, respond. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I went home back to my single bedroom apartment that I was running for $450 a month without any heat or air conditioning. Um, and it was a very, very old apartment mm -hmm. uh, that had fuses. So oh, it wow. had a fuse box that all of my electronics were hooked up to. <laughs> so it, it was around 
Mm, I would say three o'clock in the morning and no joke, I was watching White Chicks like I do every uh, week <clears throat> at 3.30 a.m. And all of a sudden, my fuse is blue. Mm. My fuse is blue, just the one for the TV. And right. the TV shut off. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went out and looked at the fuse box and everything was fine. I think I know where this is going. If you were watching like Lost Highway or Eraserhead, the, the TV would not shut off. No, <laughs> no, no. I would have been living peacefully and not with this terrible story that I'm about to complete. So I, I didn't think anything of it. I, I, I didn't think anything of it at like 3.30 in the morning. Um, so I lay down to go to bed because my TV's blown, can't do anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to fix a fucking fuse. I'm 24-year-old suburban white girl uh, living in the city for the first time. Right. You had to go to the store and actually buy new fuses. I mean, I, modern day, you have a circuit breaker. You just flip it. But no, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? What is? I don't know what a fuse looks like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what a fuse looks like. Is that like a screwdriver or like a hammer? Is uh, unscrew it with your hand but it but you know it's if you don't have extras no. laying around like you can't start up the, the electricity again. I, I don't even know how to turn on my circuit breaker in my house <laughs> so anyways i lay i lay down to sleep and i have this dream and i'm a pretty big dreamer i dream a lot mm -hmm. this one was particularly unnerving and that I don't often have very clear messages communicated to me in my dreams, but this boyfriend appeared mm -hmm. in my dream. And I remember being just very feeling um, unsettled and uncertain in this dream. Mm -hmm. And he appeared to me and he held me and he said, everything's going to be okay. And I thought, well, that's weird because that's not something that would ever come out of his mouth oh, <laughs> at yeah. all because yeah. that's showing too much emotion <laughs> right uh yeah he can't do that so suddenly i'm woken up and it's my phone ringing mm -hmm. and i go and i answer my phone and all i hear is screaming on the other end of the line and it's my best friend uh her name was jacinda uh she was the friend that introduced me to that boyfriend. Mm -hmm. She's screaming and she says, he's dead, he's dead, he, he, he's dead. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And she says, Clint died last night in a car accident leaving the bar that I worked at, yeah. uh, the bar that I was thinking about going to, to secretly stalk him again, mm -hmm. but didn't. Um, as he was leaving the bar at 3.30 a.m., he, got into a drunk driving accident where he fell asleep at the wheel around a curve and flipped his car and did not die immediately. Mm. He had that moment or few moments. They won't exactly tell me how long it was, but it wasn't immediate. Mm -hmm. But it was enough time for like his spirit to leave his body and come bother me because I was watching white chicks, that stupid son of a bitch. It was like, that was like his last, that's his last, you know, wish is to tell me like my taste in movies is shit. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely bizarre uh, for that to happen. 
And I just felt like this very strange connection uh, Mm. with that. Um, I feel very special in that, you know, he took that last little moment of life to, uh, again, break my heart and be a total dickhead. (laughs) So thank you, Clint Robinson. Thank you, Clint. Clint, Thank you, Clint. Friend of the show. (laughs) He's listening from the ether, I'm sure. Listening from the ether. Watching Mulholland Drive again. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got it on on Blu-ray or whatever ray they have in heaven. Oh, it's probably streaming. It's all streaming, right? When you die, it's just all streaming service. It's not. There's no Blu-ray. There's no. You know why? Because it's in the cloud. (laughs) 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 That's what Google Cloud is. It's a bunch of dead people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was like an episode of Black Mirror, right? Yeah, so that that is a very common thread when we talk about uh, visitors, like dead people visiting the living. They will give you some sort of signal that um, that is undeniably them. Mm-hmm. Like you know for sure that this is that person. So mm-hmm. of course, like that was the one thing he knew mm-hmm. uh, that would would get your attention and to verify so you can't just write it off and say oh that was weird you know so yeah and actually it was really interesting that he came to me to tell me that everything was going to be okay because uh the weeks preceding uh well after our breakup um i was in an extremely depressed and crazy state i had you know like quit school, quit my job, ran off to like Louisiana for a while, came back, was just going crazy and didn't know what the hell was going on with my life. But as soon as he passed, it actually was like a very big turning point in my life. Uh, Just a few weeks after that, um, I actually ended up uh, getting together with who my now husband is. Yay. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he he was the one that made everything all right. He actually, like, soothed my little broken heart from that. And thank God he's never watched a David Lynch movie in his life. <laughs> I'm very He's a sweetheart. He is Depends a sweetheart. It, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, that was uh, 10 years ago. Wow. 10 years ago that that happened. Wow. It's been 10 years since that happened. Um, it was wild. Oh, next, uh, next topic. I usually, I like, I like, uh, these bulldozing segues I do. I just say next thing, next thing we're doing, next topic. So, um, tarot cards. Mm. You want to talk about that? You're comfortable talking about? Yeah. 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 I can talk about, um, tarot card readings because as I, as I mentioned previously, uh, the older I get, the more I am into that realm of spirituality and my thing with tarot cards is that although many people view it as uh, a link to some otherworldly force uh telling you things through the cards Mm -hmm. i actually see it as a divination tool just for the actual physical realm Mm -hmm. in the way that tarot cards make you ask yourself questions that you normally wouldn't ask yourself and see things from different perspectives. Yeah. Um, I'm still not the best at reading them because my delivery can be a little harsh. Um, well, isn't that just the cards, though? 
I mean, yes, yes and no. I mean, you can um, you can read a card and be like, "Damn, bitch, this is awful for you." Oh, so your your interpretation of what yeah. the cards are saying. I, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because I've got I've gotten some pretty blunt answers through the tarot. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, hey man, why does everything suck in my life? And the tarot was like, it's your fault. You're it's doing, you. it. yeah, you're doing this. And I'm like, oh, but why is it so terrible? And the tarot was like, yeah, it's, you, it's you're you. fucking, you're fucking up. I'm like, I'm not fucking up, am I? And the tarot was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've read my tarot cards before and it gives me the same reading over and over and over again. And then I just keep flipping them until I get an answer that I like where it's still You're telling like, me. Bitch, listen. I know. It's still telling me the Damn exact it. same thing. But I'm like, oh, I can interpret it this way. Oh, OK. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but I actually I have given a couple tarot card readings um, that moved some people. Hmm. Definitely. Uh, in a good way or? Never in a good way. Oh, no, in a bad way. Always okay. <laughs> in a bad way. Many times. I, I, You've touched my soul in a horrible way. Well, like, I've given a couple, I've given some really good readings. I've given some good readings to people that are on positive paths. Um, pe- people who are on negative paths and they know it don't like to be reminded that they're on a path of destruction. Of course. Yeah. So to hear it from um, your tender date, the first time you hook up uh, is a little unsettling for them. Yeah. And uh, that's what I do. Whenever I go on a Tinder date for the first time, I always, oh my bring, God, really? always bring my deck. Wow. Always to Damn. suss them out. <laughs> if you can't hang with my cards, you can't hang with me. But this is usually after sex. So uh, <laughs> whatever. It's okay. like they've, they've gotten. If, you know what? If I should start doing them before we have sex. And see if they still stick stick around. Like, okay, this is some crazy pussy, but I'll put up with it. Uh, I had a tender date a few months ago, and after we had hooked up, uh, I gave him a reading, and it was just like a simple three card reading. And the general gist of it was that there were two women in his life uh, represented by uh, the card that represents Aries in astrology since uh, I don't I don't know if anybody out there listening knows this but uh, all of the astrological signs are assigned a card in the tarot and the major arcana oh, okay mm-hmm. and uh, so the the cards read that two Aries women were vying for control in his life and he was a slave to them and Mm. could not move forward without their permission basically so he looked at these cards and he's like "Mm, okay well i gotta go i'm like all right see you later i gotta make some phone calls (laughs) no no shit the next day he i texted him i was like hey i had a good time when do you want to hang out again he's like well so here's the thing I wrote a 5,000 page essay on your card reading that you did to me, uh, for me the other night. And uh, I really have to like really think about some things. And what I can tell you now is that I can never see you again. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. The next day I went and I looked at his like Facebook and Instagram profile pictures. He had switched all of his pictures back to pictures of him and his baby mama who was in Aries. yeah, he he had just broken up with an Aries woman. I mm. was the rebound. Okay. And then he went back to his Aries baby mama, uh, which was totally wild. Cause he that was, is wild. I, I would have thought he would have done the opposite and just like 
No, because he cut was cut ties un- with these controlling figures. Not if you knew this guy. <laughs> God, what a bitch! <laughs> what a bitch! Uh, must be the structure. Yeah. The, and the structure is attractive. Like, yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah, I mean, some people, some people really appreciate structure, and they they really need it in their lives, and that that's what upholds them. It makes them sane. It's kind of like um like the structure of religion does it does help some people because they can't think for them fucking selves, you know. But yeah, I've been thinking about having sort of like a spiritual uh advisor, even though I actually do have a spiritual advisor, my intuitive healer. Nice. Is my spiritual advisor if you want to dive into that let's, one. Cause, let's dive. Cuz that's is what a we're here for. Whole other big thing. Yeah. Um when I am feeling particularly out of control, I need reassurance that there is something greater than myself mm-hmm. taking the reins, and it's not me just going off the rails. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's just me, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I see an intuitive healer. Um, okay. She's great. Uh, she doesn't bill herself as a psychic. Mm-hmm. She's actually really uh, well-established as um She's a she's a doctor. Uh, she's a professor. Um, she has an MBA. She works with uh, Northwestern University as uh, she does a lot of um, higher level corporate uh, communication kind of things where she teaches CEOs how to read people mm. and leverage that into better business practices yeah. because she is so good at cold reading. Like mm-hmm. that's just that she just nails it, Yeah, nails it. I had, I went to her house the first time, we had a five minute conversation, and in those five minutes, she called me out on everything about myself. There were things right. about me that she couldn't possibly have known. And she's calling out to the universe and she's praying to Jesus while she does this and she's praying to Buddha and she's like, going through all of these rituals and like shaking energy out and casting things off of me. But Mm -hmm. there are things that she knew, like she looks at me and she says, I can look at you right now and tell you that the reason you're having these issues in your relationships is because you have an energy blockage right in the pit of your stomach that is not allowing your energy to flow. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she takes her hand and she draws a line across my stomach, mm-hmm. right around my rib cage. And she says, this is a physical blockage. Crazy thing that there's no way she could have known about this. I have a major surgical scar mm. across my rib cage from a surgery uh where I had a kidney removed Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of psychological trauma based around uh, like wellness and well-being Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that like fear of what's the future going to look like when you've been sick you know it's a a big thing with people that have um, illness like that major illness like cancer like I had uh, to, to be unsure of the future so they don't want to invest too much into relationships. Mm-hmm. So she knew that, and that was kind of wild, right? And she looked into my past lives, 
And she read into my past lives. And one of the more interesting things that she said was that in one of my lives, I was in China. Okay. Oh, God, I oh, here we go. really here we go. hope this. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope this isn't going to be racial here appropriation. Come the, here come the emails. <laughs> God, oh, I know. She, she said that I was a poet. Uh, she said I was a poet. And I wrote a piece that was so influential that it stirred a rebellion uh, amongst the people. And that rebellion was immediately and violently quashed. Thousands of people were murdered by the Chinese government in an attempt to stamp out the rebellion. And I had this intense guilt knowing that I wrote a piece so moving that people were willing to die for it and in that life i vowed to never again make a message that was serious was that powerful that powerful and that serious and she said have you considered that you use your humor to deflect? <laughs> like, <laughs> how have I considered that? You're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So this is wild because this was actually before I was doing stand-up. Oh, oh, okay. But she said that in order for me to move forward and what will happen to me in the future is that I will, again, have a message that is so powerful, but I will harness my sense of humor and my quirkiness Mm. to pass that message along. And days before this reading, I had started the stand-up stuff at Second City. And that was a very strange reading to have that. Um, So I've got that in my head now, and I feel really inadequate because I haven't written anything in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so I've got that in the back of my head, like, you're failing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she says, you know what? People may die. That's cool. So even in your past life, you're stirring shit up. Yeah, so. even in my past life. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had another reading with her uh, a year later um, because I was, again, struggling. Mm. And she told me that in another one of my past lives i was again with the appropriation i was a native american oh god yep somehow it's worse we're getting worse now (laughs) in a tribe Mm -hmm. and i was one of the elder members of the tribe not like these past lives are you male or female uh i've been male Male both times? Uh, I have been male in all of my past lives. With the She she, she goes on and she tells you about all of these past lives. I've mm-hmm. been male in all of them except for two of them that she told me about. Mm-hmm. And this one I was male um, and I was probably like in my late 20s, early 30s. And I was kind of a fuck up in the tribe, right? Where I didn't really know how to like build a fire or hunt or so anything or i was just basically in my own world because whenever they were going over these really important life skills i was just daydreaming oh yeah i was in my head i want to be somewhere else i want to be where the people are (laughs) i want to be with people (laughs) that that was not pocahontas that was the little mermaid I wanted to speak with all the colors of the wind. Well, I think this is all, uh, I think 
it makes sense with the current iteration of Aaron. Right. You know. So yeah. so so well, similarities here. So right. So you can see. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how that story ended was that a competing tribe came in one night and slaughtered almost everyone in the tribe, but left oh. me alive, and I was the sole remaining elder and everyone else was like young women and children and i was supposed to be the one to reconstruct this community Mm -hmm. and i had no idea what to do and my tribe ended up just starving to death in the wilderness because i couldn't build a fucking fire or make a moccasin or whatever the fuck i don't know I so it's so you're saying it was your fault that the native mm-hmm. americans died out yeah that, that's that what saying. yeah that was exactly me I, it, uh, <laughs> dude I, seriously like <laughs> as a white person going back in time I I, retroactively retroactively oh my god I have (laughs) you can't you can't escape it no I've been like a colonizer (laughs) in all my past lives like surreptitiously yeah and uh so I was so embarrassed in my past life that Mm. um I just you know have refused to accept help or admit when I don't know what's going on and uh just kind of faking it and don't pay attention unless yeah. it's really interesting to me. Did you get Did you get a name out of these past two lives? Did you get names? Mm, no, oh. I didn't. I didn't get any names. Uh, she She calls them past lives, but she says well, if you don't believe in past lives, consider them archetypes, like overarching themes in mm-hmm. your life. And I'm not sure if I believe in past lives or not. Yeah. Um, but she was so specific. Like, e- e- even she called out relationships that I had. She mm-hmm. knew my husband in a past life worked in the circus as a circus rigger. That makes a lot of sense. Which is what he does. It's just what he does now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Burning man and like building stages yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. And literally working as a yeah. circus rigger for as a while. A, yeah. He does like fire stuff, mm-hmm. fire work. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. He, she called out so, so many things. And, you know, she called out some stuff. Uh, between like people you and I know that I won't bring up in this mm-hmm. conversation, uh, but it was like dead on and uh, made me reevaluate some relationships that I had. Yeah, yep. I, I also have a, a past lives um, story. To really? How, yeah. Who told you about your past lives? Uh, nobody actually. I was doing a uh, a God helmet session, which is a whole nother device. This is this is the Gansfeld podcast. But I also am, am into the the God helmet. So uh, the God helmet basically is like um, you put on this helmet with a bunch of like um, mecha- uh, magnetized like coils. Yes, you've heard about. Yeah. I have. They yeah. they actually have uh, very large versions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, transcranial magnetic uh, stimulation. Yeah, yeah, that they use yeah. for people with really bad uh, treatment resistant depression. Right. Yeah, similar concept. So th- yeah, this one just is is like a very very small version of that. It just has a couple of nodes, um, and so there's about I think four or eight. I can't remember how many. But I was doing a session. And it just kind of pumps uh, these uh, magnetic fields into your brain, and it, they call it the God helmets because it's supposed to simulate the. Um, I guess like seeing God or, or, or something like that. But, oh, like the DMT experience. Yeah, something something along mm-hmm. those lines. But you know, if you if you want to know more, you can look up Dr. Persinger. He's the one who developed that, and uh, Dr. Corin, 
is actually called the Koran helmet and now they call it the God helmet, but, uh, go check it out. Um, you can actually buy one online, you know, put it together yourself, but so I was like, doing, do you look like Magneto when you wear it? Cause that's what I'm imagining. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, professor X in the, um, what do you call it? The syrup. Cerebro. Oh, right. That's what it looks like. Cool. Because I actually like, they don't give you like a, all they give you is like a, uh, like a baseball cap to put it on. But I actually bought like a paintball helmet and I, <laughs> I stuck it to that. So I'm, I got the real shit at home, you know, like I got the real deal. You blocking those negative vibes. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I turn it on and I do a session and then the magnet fields are coming through. Um, and then I, I start getting the, these images of, a bunch of men and like I'm one of those men we're all wearing like jute cloaks and this mm-hmm. it this something is telling me that it's this is a long long time ago mm-hmm. and what we do is we go up to the mountains and we find these like slabs of rock and they have to be flat I don't know why it's just that was the thing it's like they must be flat flat as possible we lay on these slabs we take some sort of hallucinogen mm-hmm. and then we report back. So we go back to the village mm-hmm. and we tell them everything we saw. And it's not up, up to us to like decode it. It's just mm-hmm. like this is what we saw. And that whatever we bring back is supposed to further the tribe. It's supposed to mm-hmm. help develop new technologies and mm-hmm. new ways of like farming or whatever. Okay. Because, so do you yeah. think this was like some sort of like Aztec era civilization or like mayans when they would go out and they would like eat the peyote and the ayahuasca and they would you know trip out and come back and be like hey guys guess what i saw infant sacrifice (laughs) could have been i don't know all i know is that like there there was the the flat rock was 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 important the slabs and we were wearing jew cloaks i mean which going out and like seeking things in the the ethereal the universe and then bringing it back to people is kind of like what i do now if mm-hmm. you, like if you know me personally this is kind of like what i like to get, do mm-hmm. go out and seek and then bring that information back so you are a scorpio yeah I'm a you're, scorpio. <laughs> you're supposed to be the most connected to the occult yeah out of all of us yeah yeah you've got that dark streak in you james dark streak. <laughs> yeah i'm halfway in the veil I can see the faces. Did I tell you? Oh, I think it's on episode two where I saw the um, the goat goat head person. I don't think I told you that story. Like when I was wearing the goat head for a previous project that we did? No. Well, but it was similar. So I was doing the Gansfeld and I, I take a little bit of mushrooms. So... <laughs> Um, and then I was transported to this place and I saw like the classic Baphomet mm-hmm. face, but the entire face was covered in eyes. Oh, so yeah. that's very much like the image of, uh, like original, like what angels were supposed to look like. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it communicated to me telepathically, uh, and it told me that it was the God of knowledge. Hmm. Because, like, before I was transported to this place, I was, like, really, really focusing and meditating on knowledge, Mm -hmm. seeking knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then I was suddenly transported to this place, and it was, like, talking to me. So, and I explained, like, this, how the the telepathic communication worked was, uh, if I'm talking to you, a thought has to brew in my head, has to go to my mouth, has to go 
out to your ears and then your brain interprets it and then you have to say something back. Mm -hmm. This was instant. There was no mm -hmm. medium in which to travel. It was just like, boom, boom. That was it. Okay. So yeah. this was like tele telepathic. Telepathic. Uh, Instant. So it, do you think that maybe like you already knew what the, the other person's response was going to be and that that had already been seated in your mind and that? Uh, it's uh, possible, but it was instantaneous, instantaneous communication. And also there was also, it's, it wasn't like um, very specific. There was a lot of interpretation Okay. as well. So it was like. God, how do you tell someone to shut the fuck up then? In if it's head. like in, in, <laughs> instantaneous, it's like no. You can't. Yeah, there's no. Oh God. But I was a. I I pulled myself out of that one, and I, I sat straight up on the bed, and I was like, <laughs> I was the weirdest experience I have ever had. Interesting. Yeah. You know, maybe you should like look more into, the goat symbolism in your life if you mm. keep seeing it pop up. Yeah. Around and around. I feel like maybe there are a lot of goats coming to you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the know. goat is somehow connected to me. I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously, James? <laughs> <laughs> Do the... Do, dost thou like the taste of butter? <laughs> Wouldst thou like a pretty dress? Do you like salt? <laughs> and beer? And... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're going to, Aaron and I are going to dive right in here and then we're going to go take turns doing the Gansfeld and then we're going to report back. So we're going to take a little break here, then we'll set up for the Gansfeld. Hopefully it won't get too weird, but just weird enough where we can have a little fun. All right. Let's yep. out weird each other, James. Yeah. All right. Sparkles, black sparkling galaxy, dancing just in my left eye, sort of like when stars burn out, a black spot growing larger in my vision. A white spot accompanying it to the left. Two black figures coming in and out of view. Wildfire. Like a pulsing wildfire in the distance. Smoke. Like smoke swirling, but the stars are still sparkling. The mouth of a wolf, kind of like the nothing from the nether ending story. It's like snarling. The front of my body feels very flat. Like my hands resting on a slab of rock. It's like there's something that wants to come through in my vision. 
but keeps being obscured. The black sparkles are turning white. Almost like constellations. A cold presence at my feet. Like my feet are resting at the edge of a cave. Like the entrance to a cave. And there's rushing water inside the cave. Sort of like looking through a womb. Where I can see the blood vessels. And it's like... I'm a fetus, almost. <laughs> I can hear something roaring inside the cave. Like the sound of a jet. Like I'm standing under a runway. Like turbulence. Oxygen. Kind of what I imagine like right before a plane crashes. The sparkles are mostly disappearing. That's the sound I don't want to hear. Like, the sound of, like, fuel emptying out of a fuselage. Kind of feel like I'm looking around an airplane. And all the electrical circuits are breaking and sparking. And I can feel, like, the air coming in from a hole in the fuselage whipping around my feet. Moving up my arms. And it's like gas filling the cabin. Like liquid nitrogen almost. But it's peaceful. It's like a star. I see a star formation. I'm also getting like the swaying motion. Like I'm on a boat. Something bright white. Again with the star. Looks like a star shape. Something... Looks like crumpled up piece of paper. It's very faint, but it's a low voice that's speaking. I can't make out what it's saying. It sounds like a male voice. It's like low rumbling to my left side. Uh, I felt something stand to the left of me. There was an imp oh, I did it again. Uh. Something, something on my left side. Uh. 
like someone stepped on the bed again. Yeah. Yeah, something I'm like, uh, You're not moving the bed, are you? Okay, something <laughs> something near my left leg, like right here, it feels like something is standing on the bed and making a depression in the bed. Yeah, there was a, a low rumble to my left side a few minutes ago before the impression in the bed. There's, there's like a, a heaviness... Um, there's an intensity, like a heavy energy, a dense around here. It's thick. It sounds like rumbling or it's, it's kind of sort of sounds like stomping, someone stomping around. It's very like deep bassy thudding. Oh, something like um, like a chandelier. It's like, like little diamonds hanging off a uh, chandelier type thing. It's... All this stuff is in my mind's eye. I'm not actually seeing it. Um, now there's some sort of like man-made uh, creek. Looks like a dam, probably. Concrete. Now I'm seeing something rise up from the ground like a mushroom. Something like a triangle shape. I'm getting that same sensation of like dense feeling. It's like around the knee area, around my legs. I'm hearing this pounding sensation, just pounding sound. Repetitive. Ah, uh, this slight pressure on my uh, lower right leg, right above the ankle. It's like something went past my vision. Something is passing by again. One more time. It's like a light is passing above my eyes, like I'm in a car or a train. Now the light is going from left to right, or from right to left, previously left to right. Again, I'm getting this, this pounding sound. Something is moving past uh, over the goggles. The light got brighter. Seeing something wavy. Again, it's like something is stomping around. And getting those vibrations when someone stomps around you. Shakes the floor. Oh, there's a... In my mind's eye, a vision of... Uh, Looking out a window, and there's like a garden, uh, some sort of ivy climbing up the, the side. 
I hear it talking again, but it's too, like, right above my head. Can't make it out, though. Doesn't know what it's saying. Something's moving again. Something very small. There's like a little white light I can see with my eyes. Not in my mind's eye, but it's kind of like just moving around in front of my vision. Like kind of like smoky. There's a face of a cheetah in my mind's eye. Cheetah or panther. Something with spots. But it's like a person, person with a cheetah face. Uh... All right, and we're back. Aaron, is your first time in the uh, in the Gansfeld? How how did that feel? Uh, it was like surprisingly relaxing. Um, James, as you know, we previously had an experience where you took me to a sensory depri- deprivation float tank. Yep where they put you in a completely black saltwater pod Mm -hmm. and you were left there to uh, your own devices in your mind. And that's very similar to, I think, what we just did. Yeah. Um, In that deprivation tank, I was supposed to last an hour. I got out after 20 minutes because I just could not handle what was going on in my brain. That experiment just now was actually kind of relaxing right yeah it's it, it's also sensory deprivation because uh you have the the headphones on with the white noise you can't see anything because there's a red light it's a monochrome kind of situation going on but you were in all blackness inside the float tank and you didn't mm-hmm. like that it was it was anxiety inducing or yeah it, it really was i didn't see any hallucinations in the in the blackness because i think my mind was just so preoccupied with like you're supposed to be feeling this way. You're supposed to be relaxing. And I think the difference between maybe this experiment and that is that I was allowed to uh, vocalize yeah. how I was feeling. Right. Whereas in the deprivation tank, there's no one around you. Yeah, that can I can see how that can be a little bit right. unnerving. Yeah. Right. And the white noise, I think, definitely helped uh, instead of the sloshing. And the, and the redness uh, was interesting, too, because I felt like it actually allowed my vision to uh, sort of make more images than out of the blackness. Uh, for whatever reason, I saw lots, lots of little sparkles. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of nice. Okay. L- so- little dots. So just like little, little dots. So they turned into like stars or did you see like any kind of so- celestial or... Something? They they started out black, just like popping around, and then they started turning white. Uh, the black like would pop into white, and they would kind of be like stars, uh, kind of like a galaxy constellation kind of thing. And then it was sort of like that swirling red, you know, that f- famous images of like a supernova, mm-hmm. where it's like that purple red. Uh, it was kind of like that. The supernova was like overtaking the stars. Oh, yeah. Let me get my... Hold on one second. Grab my computer because I was... Uh, as I was sitting there, I was trying to send you an image and I wonder if this translates imagery, but this is what I was looking at. God, 
James. <laughs> Good old red, white, and blue. Old glory. Well, oh my God, but that's stars, though. Yeah, it's stars. Stars. Yeah. Stars on uh, white stars on a blue background. Interesting. Uh, some some red red stripes. So mm-hmm. so I had a uh, I showed her a picture of the American flag. Well, I was I was looking at the picture. She was in the Gansfeld. So it was a star imagery, and he had some uh, some like space imagery mixed with that it's like milky way kind of thing yeah i also then, saw like wildfires yeah like so i like, could uh, see like the pulsing of a flame uh coming through and it's like you know like you see a fire in the distance and it's that burning sort of low light orangey red oh i see yeah because it's pulsating because it's uh you're seeing it from a distance uh-huh yeah right it right, was so. like that Okay. It was like that. Okay. And then I started having like recalling these images because uh, I'm from East Tennessee mm-hmm. and uh, my family, well, some of my family members, uh, a few years ago, there was a major wildfire in Gatlinburg, Tennessee that destroyed uh, a lot of a lot of property. A lot of people died and my family lost their home. Oh. Uh, well, members of my family lost their home. Yeah. And that's like what was recalled in, in that imagery to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe maybe that imagery popped up because I had mentioned to you earlier, um, speaking of paranormal things, that earlier this week, randomly, two of my prayer candles yeeted themselves off of my altar mm-hmm. unprovoked. And one of them was my Dolly Parton prayer candle. Right. And Dolly Parton actually, um, she donated a lot of relief funds for the Gatlinburg wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, she promised uh, 16, I think she said $1,600 a month for every family that had lost something in the fire. And uh, when she went to the big reveal ceremony to cut the checks, she was like, just kidding, I'm doubling it. Oh, wow. She's just a. That's, that's generous. She's she, really nice. She's a damn saint. Yeah. So that's why it fucked with me that the death candle and the dolly candle smashed at the same time i was like oh god please protect her right i don't in the middle of the night you heard that the big crashing sound i did i did it was was just those two just those two candles that fell just the two candles that fell i think i've got maybe eight eight on that altar Mm -hmm. those two were just the ones that decided to crash nothing else fell on the ground weird yep totally weird that's weird yeah, it was strange. Weird. That's strange. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Yeah, uh, I had another weird paranormal incident happen a few weeks ago um, where I was at a friend's house, and I have uh, this whole house where we're recording right now uh, alarmed. So we had set the alarm to um, the away, you know, just to mm-hmm. keep everything monitored. All of a sudden... I got an alert that there had been a breach in my basement, uh, which is very strange because Mm -hmm. to get to the basement door, you'd have to go through either the front door or the garage. Mm -hmm. And the alarms were going off that it had been breached. And Mm -hmm. when I showed up to the house, every single door in the house had been unlocked. Um, And... There, we looked at the cameras. Nothing had been caught mm. on camera at all. It said in in the and it said on the device like all the doors had been unlocked, but not open. They're just unlocked. Just unlocked. And when we got there, all the doors were locked. 
And Weird. there was no evidence of anyone in the house. Yeah. Nothing on camera. It was very, very, very unusual and scared the shit out of me. And I immediately called my mother to ask if anyone had died because that's usually a sign in our family that something crazy has happened. Really? But as far as I know, nothing weird happened that day. Okay, so it was it was stars and then it was, it was wildfire and then uh, what happened after that? There was a womb. There was a womb. There's womb Im- imagery, mm-hmm. which we've there was had. A womb. The big theme, though, was the airplane imagery, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I felt like I was on a flight where there was a hole in the fuselage, and I could feel the air whipping around mm-hmm. and the oxygen masks coming down, and I could hear the sounds of a jet and. Right, there was there was fuel draining out of the right. out of the plane. And, yeah, I yeah. could I could hear that, and I mm-hmm. could, but it was surprisingly peaceful. I couldn't hear like screaming, but also at the same time, I imagine that if there was a situation where there was a hole in an airplane, you wouldn't hear any screaming because the wind would be so loud, right? That you couldn't hear anything other than the yeah. wind whipping and the sound of the engine, mm-hmm. and then I could feel the air around mm-hmm. my yep. feet. I actually felt like pretty, pretty calm. And I could feel like I said at a moment, like my body felt very flat, like stone, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting because normally I have a, a lot of chronic pain and everything hurts all the time. <laughs> that's just that's just a symptom of my little bitch disease. <laughs> I got LBS. Yeah, I do. <laughs> There's also some imagery of um, there's like a wolf in a cave. And, yes. Yeah. It was the wolf from the never ending story. The nothing. Right. The nothing. The nothing. It was exactly like that. You know, yeah. when it pops its head and he's like, he's like in that, he's in a like a cave, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah something like that. And it's like he's, he's baring his teeth mm-hmm. and the nothing is just like swirling and coming and you can kind of feel it like sucking. Mm-hmm. It was kind of feeling like that where my feet were was at the edge of a cave where the wolf was baring its teeth and trying to bring me into the cave. Hmm. Yeah, but it was exactly like the never ending story. Well, I don't know if this is this really matches up, but there there is another image I tried to send to you. Yeah. Um See if this lines up with what you're talking about, because I could I could stretch and 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 tell you what I think, uh, but we'll see. So right around the time you said the the wolf imagery, this is what I was looking at. Ooh, the Colosseum. Yeah. Colosseum. So that's really interesting because you do know the history of Rome, right? So a little bit, not 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 an expert but okay uh, so yeah. the history of rome was uh that it was founded by these two brothers romulus and remus mm-hmm. and they were suckled by a wolf oh yes shit yeah okay yes so yeah the they were nursed by a wolf yeah uh so that definitely could i could see the wolf imagery Tracks, there because yeah. mm-hmm. it could also be like uh the Colosseum is where they had these fights and they would have sometimes they had like wild animals yes that would fight like you know gladiators and stuff so it could be could be that too but that's also me like you know mm-hmm. guessing yeah yeah could so, be could be that so you also had like there was like cave imagery and like you, there was rushing Caves. water too 
Yeah, rushing water. I didn't hear any voices like a lot of people here. Are we going to talk about your mm-hmm. experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about I mine. I am yeah. so excited to talk <laughs> about that. Ready to segue into that one? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so how it started out, I mean, right off the bat, I I felt pressure on the bed down by like my left knee, right under my knee. It felt like someone was pushing on the bed. And then it felt like something was stepping onto the bed and then stepping over by my, 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 my right knee and like down by my feet. And then it, it happened again. And Aaron has, I was laying on her bed and she has this, uh, electronic mm-hmm. bed. So I took off the goggles. I look, I was like, are you, are you pushing the button? Are you? <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of, it's one of those like old people adjustable beds yeah. where you can have the remote where it's like. It's like you can sit up, you can lay down and everything like that. And James swore that I was like fucking with him. Uh, yeah, and I was I like, nope. I and I've like, got this she's... all on film where I'm just sitting there. Yeah. Some, sitting somehow there. she has a setting to push the bed <laughs> down on the foot end of the bed somehow, some way. But I was like, oh, my God. And I, I kept felt uh, feeling that. And I felt like there was a presence in the room. Um, I also like heard like someone walking around some like stomping and things like that and uh so yeah what was the what was the image you were you were sending me uh we're recording right now up in my upstairs attic uh slash guest room and in the corner of this room is a dog bed from my dog lucky who passed last year and the image I was sending to James was of Lucky because James and Lucky have a very special bond. They were very close mm-hmm. before Lucky passed. And so I was trying to tell James, you know, uh, give him that image of Lucky. And I swear that it was Lucky coming to the bed and stepping on the bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's what he would do. He would come up here and he would like put his paws up on the bed come and sit right right at the edge of the bed. He would lay up here uh, right where James's feet were. And I think that he was trying to come and communicate and say, hey, man, what's up? I miss hey, you. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was super weird. Mm-hmm. I, 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 kept felt, I kept feeling it like the, there was a depression in the bed, mm-hmm. like so much so that I felt like I was going to slide off. Hmm. It was like that much pressure. And, yeah, and Lucky was like a ninety pound boxer <laughs> yeah. Rottweiler. He 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 makes he an impression. Big, yeah, he's a big boy. He was a big yeah. boy. Yeah. So I felt like something was climbing on the bed too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, uh, it was there was like some some low rumble of voices. I couldn't couldn't make out what it was. Um, I saw some like wispy. Uh, imagery right in front of my eyes. Like so, a lot of this stuff is just like in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rare that I actually see stuff uh, with my with my eye vision, um, unless I'm on like some uh, mushrooms or LSD or some kind of psychedelic, and th- right. then I can see like actual. I've seen a lot of fractals in the past. Um, but yeah, that was that was a, a spooky spooky session. It is spooky. It is spooky up here. <laughs> I feel. I feel like it, when I was doing it, there was this. This up here in this room, it's so. It feels crowded 
energy wise. It's yeah. just it, there's it's really dense up here. It's, it is. It's yeah. This is a very unusual um house. Mm-hmm. Uh the house itself is not in any way possessed or haunted. I've had it cleansed and nobody has ever felt any like bad energy. However, there is some very strange things about the house. Sure. So uh, right now, you can just see these walls around us, right? And you can see to the left of me and to the right of you, there's a closet. Yeah. And if you open the closet, it just looks like a closet. Uh-huh. However... There's a door behind me, a very tiny door, right over there. Yeah. If you enter that door, it goes all the way around to the other side of the house. All the way around, and including going behind that closet over there. Mm-hmm. So when you walk through that little passageway, right behind the closet is a window a window that they have covered up with a wall and it is a window that has it's from the original house window from 1913 and it even has like the old like old school uh like open clasp and closer closures it has never been touched anything like that and they just decided to board it up not even board it up just cover it up with a wall I kept hearing, like, right above my head, I kept hearing, like, voices and people talking. Yeah, it, it, when we got this house and um, we started climbing back in there, there is just shit everywhere in there. Mm-hmm. Old newspapers, yeah. uh, bottles, cans, uh, maple syrup bottles for some reason, gift wrapping. I found a computer Oh, I th- I think I know what's happening here. There's okay. a lot of like people stuff. Yes. Surrounding here, and that's why the energy is so heavy in here. Yes, there. Because, yeah. yeah, it's, it's people are still attached to these these mm-hmm. things that they used to know. So it's not necessarily, it's not an intelligence. It's not like a spirit. It's just their attachment to these things. Yes. And that's why it feels so tight. Yes. In here, yes. Energy wise. Ab- so, absolutely. Yeah. There's all kinds of other people's things uh, in our basement in the crawl space that you can access through the basement uh, that goes under the porch. Mm-hmm. We pulled out a nine foot long mirror hmm. randomly that they had just built the porch over this mirror and we pulled it out through the crawl space and mm-hmm. I kept it. And I really loved it, and I wanted to put it up in the house. And then my friend said, no. Oculus. <laughs> it's going to be just like Oculus, that movie. Do you see that one? No. What is Oculus? <laughs> you should check it out. Okay. Yeah, check it out. I'll yeah, check yeah, it out. Check I'll it check it out. It out. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently uh, keeping other people's mirrors in your house, bad news. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. It's not. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of other people's energy in here. Mm-hmm. Um. For sure. Still trying to clear it out. Um, so I don't know what to do. I've already had spiritual advisor in here and cleansed. and. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's not like other sessions I've had. It, it was just like something. It's very tight in here. Energy wise. That's what I sensed when I was in, in, the, in the Gansfeld just now. Mm-hmm. Um there's also something like towards the end of the session, something was going past my field of view. Like something was like 
crossing over the goggles like back and forth and back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth i could i could visually see that mm-hmm. it wasn't in my mind's eye so it could be it could be just energy flowing back and forth back and forth and that's why mm-hmm. yeah but but i'm no expert but i think if you remove all that stuff out of the the crawl space mm-hmm. you might you might clear up the energy in here it might be a better you know what I would be interested in doing? This experiment again, but with mm-hmm. me not in the room. Mm, yeah, there Con- you go. Considering that we have been talking about how I might have some energy circulating around myself. True, yeah. Yeah, you might have like a like big, massive amount of right something surrounding you. So yeah, if you were like somewhere else and then still had like uh, access to like a baby monitor or something like or yeah. some kind of remote camera. Yeah. You could see, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. We should do that next time. Yeah. Or we could do this experiment again somewhere else. Yeah, in a different part of the house, yeah. In a different part of the house, yeah. We could totally do it in the basement. Um. Yeah, that would be cool. We could do that next time. And then um, see if we could get somebody, uh, my spiritual advisor, Maddie, oh, in here nice. would be nice. to come do that and see what she Hell sees. Yeah that would be that would be dope at some point like i've done this uh just like one person goes another person goes like it's always like just two people eventually at some point i'd like to have like two people viewing at the same time Mm -hmm. with someone else like watching them Mm -hmm. and i i always like if you want to recreate this at home i always stress to people like have someone there with you Mm -hmm. um i've done it by myself and i I do not advise (laughs) doing it by yourself there was one time where um John and I were doing this and I just let him go for like a good 30 minutes and he went off into a whole nother land and he was floating away and he felt like he could just leave forever and he's like, well, I got to come back because that means death and like oh. <laughs> all this shit. So I was like, oh, so that's why like we started doing 10 minute sessions so we'll just cut it off at like 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, you know, so that person doesn't like kind of float away with the fairies and just go bye-bye you know so but that's not to say in the future i might push a little further and do something else you know next time psychedelics yeah definitely yeah definitely i'll definitely go in a little bit deeper and if i have like more than one person like to to watch me like i can definitely go a little bit deeper and i can uh go a little further with it yeah what if we hooked you up to like like a pulse oximeter and like checked your did your heart rate and oh, like checked cool. all yeah. that like yeah. up and down that would be really cool to yeah. get your vitals <laughs> if, you, if we have access to that that would be that would be really cool because i w- i would love to see like what my body response is mm-hmm. when i am like seeing something like in in my mind's eye you know if my pulse goes up or down or you know or some kind of like skin reaction you know yeah because just by watching you i could see your body like tense mm-hmm. and you would get very like uncomfortable when yeah. you could feel like something like stepping on the bed. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was, ooh, that was, oh, that was freaky. Ooh, I, I definitely, I felt that. I felt that. That's, oh, it was, oh, it reminds me of the first time, the first time I ever did the Gansfeld. Um, I was laying on a couch. I was over at uh, John's place and I could have swore someone was just like walking right by me. And I kept yeah. I kept taking the goggles off. I looked at John. I was like, were you over here? And he's like, no, I was sitting here the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So yeah, that was definitely that was freaky, and I I kind of doubted it because it was like probably like a minute into the session. Yeah. That I just I was like, nah, this can't be. Mm-hmm. And then I put the goggles back on, and it happened again. The depression in the bed happened mm-hmm. again. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. And I just I was shaking. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was it was definitely lucky because it felt like it felt like some sort of like animal or dog or you know because it wasn't like a. A person couldn't just like put their foot up on the bed no. instead they'd fall down, you know. No, so. it's those little paws. Little paws, put little paws on the bed. Same, I'm glad he came hello. to visit. Yeah, that was nice. I'm glad he did too. Yay. Thank you, Lucky. Thanks, Lucky. Thank I miss you, baby. Thank you. Yeah. So oh, uh, this was fun. Thank you for joining me today. Thank Aaron, you, James. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Pew pew pew. pew, I'm pew, giving, pew. giving her finger guns. Plow 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 plow. Um, if you would like to email, you can email me at Gansfeld po- Gansfeldfiles podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so if you want to like send us some info about something or you have some insight, maybe you can break down some of these situations we have uh, experienced and explain it uh, a little bit better to us. So, or if you have any ideas, uh, send me an email there. So we're going to launch on uh, Anchor soon so you'll see us uh, or hear us on spotify uh come check us out aaron again thank you for being on the show i'm sure she'll come back later we'll do some more weird crazy stuff let's do it yeah all right later bye Woo.